Hello and welcome to season two of Inside the Therapy Room. I'm your host, Sam Sellers. I'm a registered therapist, a wife and a fur mama, and I am passionate about breaking down the barrier and stigma attached to therapy. I want to begin by first honouring the traditional custodians of the land we live and work on. Today, Emma is in Yugambar country and Sam is on Gundungara land. We pay our respects to the elders past, present and emerging for they hold the memories, the traditions and cultures of our First Nations people. We must always remember that the land below our feet is, was and always will be Aboriginal land. Today we are chatting to Emma Nelson, who is mum, wife and friend first, therapist and helper second. She is the owner of her therapy practice, Zen Zebra Art Therapy, and a little fun fact about Emma is that she is a lover of all things cake and cheese, however not cheesecake. Today's episode is all about the world of art therapy. We hope you enjoy joining us inside the therapy room. Welcome, Emma. How you going? Very well, thank you. Very well. Amazing. Give us a little bit of that accent. Where is that accent for from? Uh, well, it is from North Yorkshire. Right. Um, but I don't, I sound more English than I do Yorkshire because my mum was very strict against us talking like e-bagum. You know, we're from Yorkshire. She was like, no, darling, it's the Queen's English. So oh. even though I lived in North Yorkshire most of my life, I sound more generically English. Okay, right. And you are currently in sunny Queensland? Yes. yes. Nice. Very much so happy and have been for 11 years this month. Amazing. We are in polar opposite climates at the moment because I'm obviously down near Canberra and it is, um, I mean, goodness, it still probably feels a little bit like winter down here. Um, But it's um, it's part and parse of the course. Oh, you look beautiful oh, and summery thank, today. Yes, I mean, thankfully, thankfully indoors there's heating and I get to wear um, things. Actually, for those that are watching, I decided to wear a fun um, dinosaur print for today's episode because you are an art therapist, a creative mm. therapist, and so I thought let's jazz it up a little bit. <laughs> I know, you've really shown me up because nice. I do wear some nice. wacky stuff to work and yeah. you have... Here I am in my plain, boring white T-shirt and you're rocking the dinosaurs. I have <laughs> shirts with drag queens on them. Oh, uh, love it. Birds, cats, and my kids are like, what on earth are you wearing, mother? And then look at me. You're the one. Look, You look like an art therapist today. <laughs> like a boring well, I've mother. I've even got like multicolored heart earrings as well. <laughs> I'm obsessed with rainbows. If you oh. walked in my room, it would look like someone threw up a rainbow in there. So you well, would fit I- really in that. Thank you. I mean, I would imagine that um, an art therapy space would be nice and bright and colourful and, you know, it's you want the space to serve as inspiration as well, I would think. Yeah, for sure. I want it to be welcoming yeah. and inviting and non-threatening and it's all of those. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you work um, in person as well as online or do you mainly do in person? I would say I am 96% in person did a little bit of training when we were studying online I must admit I struggle I'm so used to having that person and that energy in the room it's a different beast online so I I do it when I'm asked but I certainly don't 
go looking for the online work. I, yeah. I prefer that real face-to-face nervous system to nervous system. Yeah. yeah. And I guess, you know, doing a creative arts sort of modality, you want that tactile being able yeah. to touch, feel, sensory sort of aspect of of art yeah. therapy and creative modalities as well, I would think. Yeah, and the, the one client I'm thinking of that I have currently online, I can see like the top of her head as she's scribbling away and creating yeah. away and I'm used to seeing the whole body. I'm used to seeing the artwork and it's really weird watching this little forehead busy yes. away. But, you know, we do what we do and we make the best of it. Yes. It's being creative in a different sense. It is. <laughs> it is. And, yeah, it keeps me on my toes. Yes, like I bet it does. So tell us why art therapy? What drew you to that modality? Oh, you're going to die when you hear this answer. <laughs> but um, art therapy found me, weirdly but. enough. I was a full-time mum for coming up 17 years when I decided to go back to work mm-hmm. to be something a little more than just a mom to my kids I wanted to inspire them and make them proud and I signed up for nursing to, to be a midwife eventually and that's what I thought I would do and then a dear friend bought me a palm reading session for my mm-hmm. 40th birthday which I love I'm open to all of that and this very forthright spiritual lady crunched all my numbers and um, worked out that I was a creative soul which I know I am artwork is art is definitely a a gift a mild gift I would say and color and design and stuff like that Um, so she crunched my numbers but then and then she also realized I loved working with people I said yeah yeah I'm about to go and do nursing and and midwifery she's like no no you'll hate it you'll hate it thank you about it and she was like, you'll burn out. You'll burn out. You'll hate the shift work, blah, blah, blah. She said, for, for a successful career, you need to be combining all your gifts. Mm. And you are you need to be combining your helping um, willingness with your creative gifts. And I was like, what is she talking about? And she mentioned art therapy, and I had no idea what it was. Mm. She literally told me that you need to go and seek it out in, which I did. And I think I pulled out of university that day and enrolled to Icon Institute where I did art therapy the following year. It took me a year to get sorted to get into the course. Yeah. But yeah, it found me. I mean, wow. That's a powerful moment to sort of completely change course. Um, You know, it really resonated, I think. Yeah. I think one of the things that is sort of, a, a running theme, so to speak, through all of these episodes is that, you know, that chosen sort of client base or chosen modality, whatever it is, has happened quite organically and quite naturally mm. for everybody, whether we sort of wanted it or not, we sort of fell into that space um, quite naturally. Um, you know, I was chatting um, with Matt who did an episode with me on on men and um, and he was like, you know, I tried so hard. I didn't want this to be my niche. I didn't want it to be. I was like, I didn't want to sort of tunnel vision that. Um, but I think it just happens. I think it when does. it happens naturally and organically, I think that's when you know that you've hit your sweet spot. But, sure. yeah. so I tried 
tertiary education twice before that. Totally different degrees. Yeah. And they actually did start before that. They're thinking, I feel it's just dry and uninspiring. Mm. And, and in, but in three years of art therapy, I think I missed one lecture. And that's because I was yeah. on a plane to the UK. It was, yeah. and I'd still be there. If I didn't have assignments to do, I'd still be there every Monday and Friday. Yeah. I think that's when you know that you've you've hit your stride. That's that's the place. I agree. So I agree. So who who do you see who benefits from art therapy? You know, both people and you know, I guess what they're bringing to sessions as well. Who's fitting into that bubble? Ah, that's a really good question. At the moment, because it's quite early days for me. I I haven't set my own niche. I thought I did and I thought I would and I thought it was just going to be kids. Yeah. But and I do see a lot of children, but the the conversations and the therapy sessions are very different with children that they are with adults. Mm. And what I learned at uni was much more the adult because we had to practice with our peers. Yes. So these yeah. sessions were quite deep and they were full of metaphor and symbol yeah. and real light bulb moments okay that doesn't really happen with a five-year-old or a six-year-old you know you're not sitting there dissecting a piece of artwork and they're going oh that reminds me of mm. oh my when my mother or that reminds me of my that part of my childhood so I thought it would be children and I do connect really easily with children and I love that side of it but I also love those much more meaningful conversations of actual therapy with adults so I let's just say my niche is still a work in progress yeah and it might never be maybe my niche is just a therapy creative arts therapy maybe it's just that therapy but I don't say no to anybody because I am just incredibly grateful for anyone that knocks on my door that Mm -hmm. wants help and yeah it anyone can benefit from it that's another thing Mm. is with it being or it can be pre, you know um nonverbal who 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 would not be able to come into a room and sit and get messy or get mm. creative get in the flow do a collage so anyone can benefit from art therapy it's a be- we were all nonverbal lives we were all creative before we were walking and talking we were all splashing and having fun and I think that's the sad thing in life is that the older we get, we let that go. You know, we're all right. We all have two sides of the brain and our right brain is our creative emotional side. And we should tap into that more often. And art therapy does that. Yeah. I, um, I, I think we forget um, and lose that imagination part of us that oh. just allows us to sort of go with what, comes and not have to have structure not have to have an end point even to just be able to just go and and I think we we can tend to lose that as we get older if we don't if we don't actively participate in doing things that engage you know that creativity and imagination part of ourselves agreed totally totally agreed yeah are there certain issues presentations that benefit more with a creative approach obviously willingness to engage you know on my on my sheets that I write notes on there's always that you know willingness to engage with materials if you've got a person sitting there going well 
I don't want to touch the mucky yeah. pastels or the chalks or whatever, then that could be an issue. <laughs> that, but generally, anyone that's open to, yeah, allowing it to flow and and get out of their heads, mm. you know, because a lot of people are stuck in their heads and what we really need to be doing is connecting with our hearts and our soul uh, and talking is not always the best way to do that being cognitive so um yeah just just being creative just kind of set this beautiful ball rolling of head heart body oh we're all suddenly connected oh okay this is easier than I thought or you'll get teenagers that are monosyllabic and they come in the room and you're just like <laughs> and there's like, I don't know I don't know I don't know yeah. okay you get them doing a collage of just tell me about you in pictures Oh, they'll start talking. They don't even know they're talking. Yeah. Even when they don't want to, it just it just starts. It's just mm. beautiful to watch. Oh, happened the other week. I love it. I yeah. love when the resistant ones catch themselves like, oh, I'm actually, I'm sharing stuff. I'm talking. <laughs> oh. yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's so wonderful when you can sort of see that, the light behind the eyes almost um, of yeah. going, oh, this is not all doom and gloom. This is not, you know, the worst thing in the world to have to be doing. And I'm I'm assuming that perhaps it's probably lends well to perhaps neurodivergent folk who engage in, you know, sensory things, being able to, you know, clays, paints, all of that sort of thing where, you know, words and language and emotions are perhaps difficult to verbalise it would help in in that sense in sort of being able to emote without language almost. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I see a lot of neurodiverse people, children mm. in particular, and coming into a safe place with very few expectations, mm. very few boundaries, the whole self-welcome, very little directive. Yeah, that is that is healing and helping they don't do a lot in those times you know they they just an hour to be their absolute raw selves yeah. accepted and loved and held and they forage away in my little boxes of craft and put the glue gun on and mm, yeah. yeah yeah when they've been masking all day mm. and they've been sitting in a classroom all day coming to art therapy and when especially when it's become familiar and consistent and they're coming every week or every two weeks and they just barge through that door whereas you know when when you think back to when they first started and they were like these little shrinking shy little violets and then they're I'm Emma's now and I get and this is what happens and I get to do this I I get to call the shots and I get to make the decisions and I get to do whatever I want don't you love it when your clients are excited to come to therapy? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, you sort of think you, nobody is going to ever feel excited to go to therapy. But I think if you're doing therapy right and in a way that is authentic to you, then it shouldn't, it's not going to be something that, oh gosh, I have to go to that, you know, this afternoon. Nah. You know, I've got that appointment coming up. It's something that you genuinely can look forward to because it's not it shouldn't feel like you know it's a drag or an effort all of the time 
particularly for kids, it's, I love, you know, I don't work with kids all that much now, but they brighten your day because they just Mm. come in with their beaming smile and they're so excited to see you because you are going to pay full attention to them. (laughs) You are somebody who pays full attention to them and they love that. So That's exactly it. All eyes on them and all about them. I remember a supervision session way back in the beginning when you that whole imposter syndrome is <laughs> like yeah the worst and I remember my supervisor saying to me Emma even if at the very least you make therapy a positive experience so that if when they need it again as an adult they yeah. think back to Zen Zebra and they were like well that was cool I kind of enjoyed that mm. even if that's all you do yeah that's a job well done yeah so and I was that helped me so much because you put all this pressure on yourself with the theories and the expectations of the parents and the NDIS goals and blah blah and I just I just sat back and I thought Mm. okay let's just enjoy yeah if that's the least I do yeah is give them a space that they enjoy absolutely and it, it yeah it's beautiful it works and it it helped me a lot yeah I think that that's a really great notion even you sort of you know if your client base is primarily adults because there will always be a a next time there'll always be you know another issue another grief another loss another you know there's always going to be all of these things so if you can create a positive and a helpful experience in that moment, then at least it's, you know, it's the precursor to the next time. And because you, you know, it might not even be that they go to a different therapist because they leave you. It might be you finish up. It might be whatever it is. You might be, you go on holidays or, you know, and they're at least in a, in a stance of, this was not an awful experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a great that's a great tip, I think, particularly for those who are starting out in any field of therapy is just make them feel valued, make them feel important. And, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's your positive experience at least. Yep. So I love that. So... Somebody was thinking about art therapy. What are they going to what are they going to expect in the room? You know, when I talk to everybody about what is it like in the room, what are they gonna see? Well, first of all, they're gonna see a lot of colour. Yep. Uh a lot of rainbows, a lot of zebras, um, like five rainbow coloured chairs. But it's it's a pretty similar format to a talk therapist so there's a check-in at the beginning mm-hmm. that always looks a little bit different but it involves a color or a shape or a precipitator head or a one word if I can see that they're not going to engage or it's painting an emoji whatever it is it's a how are you in this moment right mm-hmm. now let me just gauge how you are yeah and then there's what's on top for you today again this is for an adult and not a child a child isn't going to go oh I would like to explore my you know depressive episode or something like that yeah. but for an adult it would look like a check-in so what what do you want to explore today they mm-hmm. might they'll choose something and I'll be like okay let's take a couple of breaths let's just really settle into the space let's connect with our breath and then I would like you just to 
look at the art materials on the table. There's always a huge selection of all the different things. And as I say, just pick up what calls you and start making some lines, some shapes, some colors. Just engage with the art materials while you think about that intention, what you wanted to explore, and we'll we'll take it from there. Okay, so that happens fast forward. And then maybe half an hour later when they've finished creating, there's been talking sometimes, of course, sometimes there's not. And then we will use the artwork as a way of accessing what came up for them, what they were thinking when they were doing that really hard squiggle I noticed with that piece of charcoal or why did we leave a gap over there? I wonder what what does that remind you of? So we use we just use the artwork as, as a point of inquiry where a talk therapist would would might use emotion or they might use the crying. Well, we'll still do that, but it's just that third thing in the room. It's not quite so confronting as eyeball to eyeball, right? Talk to me, explain to me. It's we'll use the artwork as yep, something to explore. And then, okay, does that make you think of anything? Does, and they'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, all right, that blah, 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 blah. We'll have the little conclusion at the end with any insights or any ideas that came to or any new thoughts that came to them. And then at the end, if they're regulated and, you know, I, I'm happy for them to go off on their merry way, we just do a little checkout thing. So I just gauge how they are at that moment. Are they a different color? Are they a different emoji? Are they a different mood? So a checkout and then, yeah, that's it. It sounds like the artwork is almost used a little bit like a map. You sort of you guide it around the different aspects of the artwork and you just look at it as if it was a, you know, a map, a physical map that you're sort of walking through almost. It could be, yeah. It's that that to me, what I just described to you is a a cookie cutter art therapy session. Okay. (laughs) That is what that's what I learned. Yeah, I'd say percent of art therapy sessions actually work out like that because it's. I work very intuitively. I don't plan my sessions so right. Well, today we'll do this because I'm not a directive therapist either. Yeah. Very client centered, very client led. So that's not what they always look like. They will potentially go off on a tangent. So where they started talking about what they thought they wanted to talk about we'll go off and, and we'll talk for five minutes about that. I'll bring them back to the artwork. Okay, what, you know, are you in the artwork right now? Is that, is, and so, yeah, it, that is what I described as a perfect textbook art therapy possession, but they very rarely look like that because it's very in the moment and it's yeah. very, yeah, intuitive is my word because I, if I feel that we need to go somewhere else, mm guide the conversation or ask something else or I I do it in the moment so I I I go with my gut feeling I go with what I feel oh I think actually we might explore that today or I might ask them a question on that or I might get them to look at that and it might not be the art therapy it might be an emotion that they described or it might be a big sigh when they're saying everything's all right okay can we just can we just do that again? Are you sure you're okay? You tell me your face is saying I'm okay, but really your your body language is telling me different. Yeah. Can you just what was that about? So yeah, even though I would love my sessions to look like check in <laughs> intention check out, they don't. It's yeah. Go with the flow 
And as long as the client is regulated at the end yeah. and, you know, safe to leave, then every session just goes where it goes. Yeah. I I can complete I tend to sort of work in a in an intuition led way as well. Yeah. Um so I can resonate with that. I don't think anything is ever the way that the textbooks describe, to be honest. I don't think I've not had any any session with a client that looks like something that we were taught from a book because no. you know humans are unique and individual yeah. and complex and yeah. and simple at the same time so I, you know I think nothing you know there's nothing that sits in that sort of textbook space very no. very often so for those who don't know much about art therapy so if we're sort of stripping it back to the basics I think you know a lot of people probably think art therapy, drawing, art therapy, painting. Mm. <laughs> and I can tell by your reaction that, you know, it is not just painting and drawing. And so you sort of mentioned that there's a lot of different mediums and materials and things like that. So what sort of things come into art therapy? You mean as in what activities do we do or what mediums we and medias we use? Is that what you mean? A bit of both, yeah. I think I think there's just that sort of automatic assumption that ah. art is just drawing or painting, and I think I know. you know we both know that it is much more broad than that. Well, so, you know, it might <laughs> it might be helpful for people to be able to start to to put a bit more of a broad picture together of what that looks like. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad you asked because I bumped into a friend in the supermarket a couple of weeks ago and she's like oh, I was thinking about you the other day I've got a psychologist friend better not say too much uh, and and she's just started bringing coloring books into her sessions with children and I was just like oh my god I know an art therapist and she does coloring in and I was just like you don't know what I do at all I, and it's oh, dear. devastating that people think I've gone and got a bachelor of art psychotherapy to learn how to color in yeah. with people I probably think we've coloured in because some people do need to regulate some people are self-soothing sort of yeah activity yeah Yeah. and that's art as therapy yeah that's using a creative outlet to regulate your nervous system come into the present moment color in between the lines and art psychotherapy which is what I learned is psychotherapy it's positioning the client as an expert of their own life and facilitating them to come to awareness or new knowings or ideas and insights anything it's it's my job to hold their hand and to guide the process of of healing and helping the fact that there's art materials in the room like I said is just my choice of of giving them an alternative than just sitting opposite me in a chair. And because I'm creative and it, and I love colour and stuff, colouring in is not going to help people deal with their grief or their depression or their serious causes of anxiety or trauma, you know? So what I have in the room is just anything and everything that allows someone just to engage in a creative way, but I'm still guiding, still, we have collage. So collage, for me, we're not going to get a lot of insight and growth 
and new knowings from doing a collage, but it's a great way to get a teenager that's quite resistant in the room and learn a little bit of something about them. So my collage is always available and it's for really quiet, timid, reluctant-ish clients because it's non-threatening. So the next thing I'll go on to that is that people think they need to be good at art. That's that's the biggest myth that I want to bust about art therapy is you do not need to be artistic to do art therapy. You do not need to be artistic and gifted to scroll lines all over a page because red lines and black lines is what your anger looks like inside of you. You don't need to be artistic to do that. I think people are drawn to art therapy because they they do love art materials. So that's great. That's probably how I get my clients is they go, oh, well, I, I need some therapy. And I quite like the idea of doing a bit of art at the same time. That's great. But yeah, so there's collage, there's clay for people that might want to pound out some issues, that might want to, you know, really get tactile if they're sensory seeking and they need that to really engage the mind and the body. Then there's clay, there's Play-Doh. We'll have watercolours, but watercolours can be quite tricky because watercolour is very loose and unpredictable. You might not want to offer that to someone who's really dysregulated or really sad because you know watercolors spilling all over the page might just you know tip them a little too far so we're all about keeping people safe so we might offer them something a little more rigid like crayon or acrylic or pastels so yeah we i have collage I have clays play-dohs I have all the paints all the crayons wax chalk oil have textures for people that feel safer with it with, with oh I know where this pen is going to end and I know where it's going to start and I know what color it's going to look like and I can control it so you have to be able to offer a whole range of how people are feeling on the day you know and I have bits of paper that they can tear up there's a really lovely exercises if somebody has dumped a bit of ugly emotion onto a page and that's really good at externalizing and getting it out but to leave them just like, wow, that looks horrible. We were like, well, hang on, what could we do with that? Could we rip it up and make it into something else? So this big, ugly image on the page might end up as a beautiful rainbow or a fire or a firework or something like that. So this is what I mean about I can't plan because I don't know what's going to happen in the room at any given time. But yeah, for the children, I have a whole range of toys as well. So they might start off being creative but then they'll want to go and end up with a game of uno or a game of guess who or a game of go fish headbands and what else do I have I do have diamond art I do have the very very specific you know like those art diamond and and, and cross stitch for people that might want something to work towards over a few sessions and they do want you know something to leave with but generally they don't leave with their artworks the artworks stay with me they go in the bin, they are redesigned into something else, or they just go in their folder as a, you know, like a, a clinical note, basically, of what they did on the day and a reminder. Yeah. I love that. I love the the free-flowing nature of it. I think it it is something that is not necessarily readily accessible or available with traditional talk therapy. I think, you know, there is still sort of, you know, if we think about, following our thoughts or emotions or things like that through a talk medium it there is still some sort of linear 
nature to it often, mm-hmm. whereas I love the the lack of linear that yeah. that comes with a creative medium. And I think that, you know, people aren't necessarily going to get that from a traditional talk therapy. Well, I, I'll just say that sometimes if you want to get really fancy or if it feels like it needs to go somewhere else, you can get, you know, multimodal. So you might end up with an image and it might not seem finished, but they might want to put some words to it. You might end up doing a poem. You know, yeah. you it, it might start somewhere and you go into something else and and it's it's just you just don't know where you're going to start when you're going to finish in art therapy that to say no two sessions uh, are the same is an understatement yeah and there is no right or wrong either and that's I'm fighting against that all the time with people that just like oh do, do you use watercolors like this or do you blend like hey there is no rights or wrongs in this room go for it if you want to put your hand in that and use your finger then go with it go with it follow that impulse I would think that you know there's people out there who go you know I'm not I'm not going to therapy because talking about it is too painful talking about it is too hard I don't want to sit there and rehash you know my abuse my trauma the grief the loss the you know whatever it is insert pain here it's too hard it's too hard it's too painful and so I would think that this would be you know the perfect space almost to ease somebody into a psychotherapy space where they don't need to talk at all if they don't want to to start with they don't need to say a single word yet they can still walk away having had a positive experience and it could still be incredibly powerful and and healing in in a way that would be unexpected almost mm-hmm. i would think yeah. you know there it would be a space for those people as well well even just by being creative if you're not talking you are connecting left brain with right brain and and that in itself can make you feel infinitely better because we're we're not stuck on one side so if they've come in and they're refusing to talk but they will doodle or they will paint and they're regulated whether I'm sharing my nervous system or whether just being there in a safe space someone means they're regulated but just by connecting even if they don't talk and believe me that actually doesn't happen as often as I thought it would because I do advertise that you know when words are too tough or when words are not enough people might come with the mindset I don't want to talk I'll just create but just connecting those two sides of the brain with their breath in a safe space the words do come Mm. they're not they might not talk about a trauma but they will talk and they will open up and they will share maybe something they haven't shared before so healing and beneficial in so many ways and when I think of five-year-olds and six-year-olds going off to see the psychologist and I was like (laughs) okay okay yeah right yeah these little these little kidlets respond so much better moving their body integrating their free verbal non-verbal selves into the space into the experience yeah I feel I feel ripped off that we are at the bottom of the food chain therapists especially art therapists I feel ripped off because I feel we have so much to offer absolutely Mm. especially to younger people yeah especially to people that 
language doesn't come easy or they don't want to sit and talk after they've been at school or they just don't want to sit full stop. Who wants to go and sit for five or six years old to an adult they barely know about yeah. stuff they probably actually don't know what they're talking about? Yes, either. yeah. It's too the – they don't have the language to even verbalise or access that, that sort of yeah. part of them. But – it, you know, it is frustrating because I think, you know, you talk to anybody who is well-versed or an expert in trauma knows and understands that that part of your brain needs to be accessed for there to be healing, for there to be, you know, post-traumatic growth to happen. You know, I was rereading the, it's often the gold standard of trauma, the body keeps the score. And there is, you know, Bessel is a trauma leading expert and side note i i would reread if you are out there and you are studying reread the books later because you'll view them differently but you know there is a whole chapter in there on theater and you know the creative modality of of theater and it's you know it's still falling under that banner of expressive or creative therapy and so yep. i think it's yeah i can i understand that frustration that uh, yeah. lack of acknowledgement of yeah. just how powerful it can be for somebody I think you might have already alluded to it but I love the moment in these episodes where we get to smash a myth um, and yeah. I think you might have already alluded to it but what myth is that that you would like to smash I've got I mean, a few actually so many. <laughs> yeah I do I do Two, I've already alluded to one, which is yeah. that people believe that they need to be an artist because I'm not an artist. And I think that's the thing with art therapists is that a lot of art therapists are naturally artistic and they do paint. And so that's why they were drawn to it. I don't paint. I was drawn to it because I'm creative in a different way. So people think I need to be able to paint a pretty picture. I need to be able to know how to use paints or watercolors or whatever to embark on art therapy. You don't. You really, if anything, it's probably better if you're not because mm. the less judgment, the less judgment for self in that room, it, it is better. And if you're like, oh, this isn't very good and rubbing it out frantically, like, okay, we're kind of losing the point here. So that's the biggest one is that artistic ability is needed to engage in art therapy. But the second one is also, and it's another thing that I've been told many times, is that, that the relationship in therapy is the catalyst of healing and change it is not the theories we've learned it's not the theories we use and I didn't need to go to uni to build connections because that's the one thing I will appreciate in myself is my ability to connect I'm not I never I never blow hot air hot air up myself I'm not that kind of person but I connect really easily and it comes easily. And it's that. If you don't connect with your therapist, move on. Mm -hmm. It is There is no harm and no offence given. It's a little bit like dating. Keep going until you find the right therapist. It's mm -hmm. not one therapist fits all. I am not going to be everyone's cup of tea. And no. neither is the next person. The relationship is where the healing happens. Yeah. Not what you're doing in the room or how you're doing it. It is heart to heart work. And that is the biggest gift to myself because it took a lot of pressure off myself about theory this and that theory that and oh, I, we didn't learn that. no it's heart to heart and if you connect with someone then your work is done yeah 
Absolutely. I completely agree. It is mm. the single most way that I, I work with people is, and I, and I will say to them, you know, I am not everybody's therapist. I don't want to be everybody's therapist. No. Um, and if I am not your therapist, then tell me and I will help you find somebody who is more likely to be because it's not, you know, it's not a personal complaint against me. It is just our our magnets do not align and that, that it's as simple as that. But it is, you know, one of the, another running theme that is coming up in these episodes is, um, and it tends to be the way that I run my practice, which is, um, to be seen is to be understood. And when we feel mm. understood, we grow and we have more capacity to for change and progression. And and the, the single thing that you should be getting from your therapy sessions is you f- should feel seen. You should feel heard. You should feel valued. Yeah. And felt. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I I love I love that. I completely resonate with that. I think it is um, undervalued, I think, yeah. in terms of, you know, yes, yes, the theory is important. Yes, you know, I work very much from a lived experience point of view. My, you know, my niche is has been my life. So it is that lived experience that creates that connection. You, you know, I never want my clients to feel like they need to educate me. That's not their job. Now, I... I have to finish because I didn't ask you pre-recording this and I'm curious to know where did the zebras come from? Mm. <laughs> it's um, I'm thinking, you know, your room is so full of colour and you've picked a black and white animal. Have you seen my logo though? Oh, I have. It's very it's rainbow. Bright, very beautiful and colourful. <gasps> okay, zebra, threefold. Mm-hmm. came threefold the last gift my mom gave me before she died was a zebra from south africa beautiful. very small beautiful ceramic little zebra he's very special to me when i was studying i was in woolies one weekend with my husband and there was a hallmark card and it's two zebras and one's colored in mm. i've got it on my wall actually and this non-coloured in zebras looking at this other coloured in zebra like you're crazy what are you doing it's like it's supposed to relieve stress and I remember at the time I put it on the uni group chat I was like made it onto Hallmark oh, you know that is oh, so good he's on a Hallmark card so I went and I printed it out off of Swerks and I gave every single student in my cohort a copy because I was just like that is just come on yeah. Hallmark I mean I know it's that whole colouring in thing but still yeah, Still. I mean, the concept behind it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the third thing was my mum had a business back in the day and it was a tile shop and her logo was a giraffe because of the tiles on the, you know, the giraffe's neck looks a little yeah. bit like crazy paving tiles. I don't know, I guess I'm not, I'm pretty standout. I don't re. I'm not a blender in her and I just thought I don't want a, a generic logo. I guess I want to quirky something and I love alliteration and so when I had the zebra I was laying in bed one night and I was like what am I going to call it if my flipping logo is a zebra and it just came to me one night and I was like zen zebra and I'm like there you go the final piece of the puzzle yeah. I love that 
everyone it's, loves I mean, it. I think it's great. When I saw it, I was like, it's the cutest thing ever. And it, you know, it's memorable. And that's what you want. I mean, <laughs> from a, a side note of, you know, the, the marketing side that gets drilled into us when we're sort of doing a business, it's, you know, it's memorable and that's what you want. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's also, you know, inviting. I think there's just something inviting about animals in general. Yes. Uh, so it draws people in. But I think yeah. it's adorable. Thank you. Thank <laughs> I love you so it. much. Thank oh. you. Well, this has been wonderful. I've enjoyed I've enjoyed this so much. And I just, I mean, my hope, if anything, is, is that it gets more people into the doors of you know, a local art therapist because, mm. um, and just to give it a go and just see what happens because yeah. I think if you sort of go in with that mentality of let's just see what happens, that's when revelations and pleasant surprises and unexpected things pop up. So, yeah. yeah. Hopefully. Let our inner child get messy. Yes, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Even as an adult, I sort of go, let's just try and, you know, pull out that inner child part of you that wants so badly to break out and be imaginative and spontaneous yeah. and creative. Let that, the only thing that came to my mind then was let that freak flag fly. <laughs> you know, let that part of you whatever out and, and see what happens. You know, We're far too sensible. Little, yeah, absolutely. Let the, you know, the the inner dinosaur, the inner zebra come wow. out and see what happens because I think, you know, it's got uh, I love artistic mediums in therapy because I think it's just got such great potential for for powerful moments that talk therapy because. doesn't doesn't allow. So, I love that. So, hopefully I'm hoping that it has inspired even just one person to walk through their local art therapist store and go let's see what happens yeah so start with one yeah absolutely thank you so much it has been lovely you're so welcome thank you <laughs> thank you for listening to me ramble on oh anytime and for anybody listening out there all of um, Emma's details will be in the description and um, you are on Instagram yes I am. Yeah. Zebra Art Therapy. Thank you. Perfect. Head on over there and, and check her out. Thanks, Emma. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed joining us inside the therapy room. Thanks for listening.